This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show... Everybody thinks it's a cute Christmas song. It's actually a Thanksgiving song about drink driving and picking up women. Urchins and mod caps and yes. sooty-faced children <laughs> skipping in the street. Yeah, I'm just doing a podcast. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello, Merry Christmas, season's greetings, happy Advent, because it's still early in December. It's not Christmas, by a way, yet. Uh, but hello to you, welcome to our Christmas special. Well, the first of, in theory, two Christmas specials of the Heptagon Club. Uh, it's uh, lovely to have you with us. Uh, if you've joined us for the first time, you're particularly welcome. I have a, I have a suspicion that we may have a few uh, first-time listeners joining us as well, um, just from people I've been chatting to at gigs and things. So you're particularly welcome. If this is your first time, we generally have seven guests per episode here, but this is going to be a little bit unusual. Normally, Christmas specials on TV, on radio, you have extra guests to make it seasonal and guest-like. Well, here we normally have seven already, which is ample and far too many for me to edit and or serve drinks and canapes to. So I thought as a Christmas special, we would have fewer guests than usual. Um, So I was originally planning to sort of do something a little bit based on this new book that I've been uh, hawking on here for a few episodes now. It's called Hark! The Biography of Christmas, if you're one of the few people who I've not yelled at about it already. It's, It's new out for this season. It's the history of Christmas told in book form. And I thought in a sort of pod equivalent, given the guest uh, scenario and and premise of this uh, podcast, I thought it might be fun to sort of delve into a few historical festive guests. So the people who have made the the modern Christmas what it is, really. So we're going to delve into a little bit of that. But also, I thought it would be good to meet a couple of actual live people. And uh, they are fantastic. I had an opportunity to speak to them. James Cooper uh, runs the whychristmas.com website and is the founder of all knowledge in things festive. And then I had the chance to speak to Justin Edwards, who is a bit of a comedy legend, really, and indeed uh, acting uh, superstar. He's a he's a film star. He's a bona fide film star. I, he would say screen actor, or I, I would say big screen actor because he, he well he's very big, and he's currently in in three films at the box office. Can you believe it? Death of Stalin, Paddington Two, and uh, conveniently for this episode. The Man Who Invented Christmas, the story of Dickens writing A Christmas Carol, uh, in which uh, Justin plays Dickens' literary agent. Uh, So we'll be hearing more from Justin later on about that. But yes, so I thought I'd delve into a few of the festive historical uh, innovators who really, you know, presented us with the modern Christmas in different ways. For example, I'm going to go with a saint, open the bidding with a saint, not Saint Nicholas. No, I'm going to go with the other one. Who could that be, you're thinking? Saint Francis of Assisi, that guy, Uh, known, I suppose, for looking after animals, uh, looking after the poor as well. But I I think in in a couple of key ways, he he gave us a modern Christmas. One of them is he gave us songs not in Latin. That includes particularly carols as well, of course. He gave us, you know, Christian hymns, but in in local languages, in in Italian in his case, and then in in French and and in English, his his other monks were out writing these songs. It was about the 1200s, 1100s, 1200s. And suddenly then the people owned the songs a bit. They could actually understand what they were singing about in church and they were then writing their own poems and songs and plays and then you get the Coventry plays, the mystery plays and um, people taking ownership uh, of of the Christmas story. The other thing he did is 
gave us the first Christmas crib scene, the first live nativity scene with actual donkeys and an ox and an, an ass and and a stone Mary and, and Joseph and his monks playing playing shepherds. He had some monk friends. We've all got good monk friends. When you need a shepherd, you get a monk. It's what you do. And ever since then, across Europe at the time, every major household of note wanted their own live nativity, life-size live nativity scene. And, and, and since then, we now have the smaller versions that sit on our shelves, like the one well, in front of me here, in fact, so that's quite nice. Uh, so, St. Francis of Assisi, that's my opening bidding uh, for people who have given us the modern Christmas. It's time, I think, we had a real live guest, and thankfully we have one here in uh, James Cooper. Hello, James. Hello, Paul. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm getting Good. in the festive spirit. Well, aren't you always in the festive spirit? Is, well, yeah, is, pretty much, yeah, that is, is true. Do you slowly build up towards the festive season, or, or are you kind of year-round kind of... Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have um, what are called Rudolph days, which is the 25th of every month. I use it as an excuse to play <laughs> Christmas music and do something generally Christmassy throughout the year. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> Rudolph days. That's... That's something else, isn't it? I should introduce them. You, you, um, uh, so your, your website is Why Christmas, is that correct? Yes, whychristmas.com. W-H-Y-Christmas.com. Oh, yes, of course, yes, rather than just the letter. Why? Why, yes. why Christmas? So <laughs> the obvious question then is, why? Why Christmas? Okay, uh, that's that's a very good uh, question. Um, I started the site back in the year 2000, which was when the internet was really a baby compared to what oh, it yes. is now. And um, so I had some teacher friends, and they knew I was getting into web-type things, and they came to me and they said, James, why can't we find a child-safe uh, and friendly site that's got Christmas info on it that isn't trying to sell the kids something? Ah. Because back then, it was kind of like the likes of Disney and Nickelodeon that had oh, yeah. sort of the majority of kids' sites. And basically, they had kids' sites, but they were really using it to push their DVDs and videos and right. stuffed toys and whatnot. Mm. Um, so I made a site for one school... Um, and it got a couple of hundred hits in the first year, and then sort of Google sort of started picking it up, and now it takes up most of my November and December's. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> so, be, so before that, pre two thousand, were you a Christmas nut as well? Well, as, as yeah, as a, as a big kid, you know, yeah. I still liked Christmas as a Christmas nut. Um, yeah. But I'd, I'd always been interested in Christmassy type things, and. Doing the site sort of sparked my Christmas interest and got me going as to, like, why we have crackers and trees and cards and all that sort of malarkey. Um, and, yeah, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. Yeah, good work. Because your, your site is it's pretty... Uh, what's the word? Conclu- conclusive? Uh, it's everything definitive. That's the word I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, there, there can't be much. I mean, I, I suppose if you think of something it hasn't got to do with Christmas, then then you add it. So it's, it's yeah. And, it, and so it's all sorts of it's modern Christmas, history of Christmas, traditions. Uh, I see you've even got karaoke on there, Christmas karaoke. Yes. Um, all that stuff. <laughs> I noticed with two, with diff, with catering to the American and British audience. Oh all, yeah, um, yes. I mean, because because I'm, I'm I'm a good Britisher. Mm. Um, and for the first few years I rang the site. And um, when it was mainly Brits looking at it, I used I spelt colour and things like that correctly with using. Um, but then, as soon as Americans got hold of it, and lots of American schools started using the site, I had no end of emails from American kids going, "You don't know how to spell because you put you in your words." Um, Excellent so expression, by the way. They I, all sound I, like that. That's yeah, they do all they, do they sound do. like that. Yeah. Um, so now it really, really pains me, but I spell everything American on there because it oh. just makes my life easier. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I had to add Zs instead of Ss uh, all through the book I just done, just because yeah. they go, well, we'll just get complaints from Americans, whereas Brits just tut, so you, yeah. know, <laughs> you can get away with it, can't you? 
So, speaking of Americans, here is how we're going to do things. On the next episode, we're going to go a little bit more American-focused, uh, just a little bit. Bit of Santa, bit of shopping, Macy's, KFC even. All to come next time in a couple of weeks, right on the cusp of Christmas. Um, there is the Christmas cusp, I have decreed it so. If you can hear a bit of background noise, I'm doing my Christmas shopping at the minute. Yeah, yeah I'm just doing a podcast. Pot is some, um, it's like a radio thing but so sorry yes i'm doing a bit of uh, multitasking here who says that gents can't do it so anyway this time like i say this is part one of our festive special we've got two live guests uh, as well as five historical figures that i'll be bringing to the table the christmas table historical guests that i think uh, have changed christmas for better or for ill including well one very dastardly uh, historical character depending on how you look at things and that is cromwell right so surely i think this guy did more than almost anyone to change christmas by the time of Cromwell and his Puritan takeover of government in this country, we've had the Reformation 500 years ago uh, this year. Doing down Catholicism, uh, so that of course impacts on Christmas in terms of the status of Mary, the status of saints including St Nicholas of course, so that was all a bit downplayed. Both thankfully valiantly uh, clung on to Christmas, but also Cromwell didn't like the excesses at Christmas time. Christmas has become a bit like a, a party day uh, ever since those medieval kings saw it as an excuse for huge blowouts on a, uh, a giant banquet. Henry the second ordered crane for his dinner table not a crane to move things in but just crane very chewy apparently every drink known to man came to him tablecloth in fact so large that the linen had to be sought from two different counties so there you go they've run out of linen quick linen crisis uh, these are weird things to be saying by the way in the middle of a shopping centre but I'm sure they don't mind me so anyway at the time of Christmas uh, of Oliver Cromwell party time outside the church w- was pretty much too much uh, inside the church as well it was a celebration of the birth of the Messiah but should we even be celebrating that I suppose was the Puritan thought many thought no only two birthdays in the bible both are celebrated by baddies like king herod and pharaoh and they celebrated by killing people so that was never good so maybe birthdays aren't aren't to be uh, celebrated so cromwell comes in bans christmas in the 1640s mince pies are effectively banned as well so they change shape from this crib shape uh, to the round shape we, we now have to flout the law banning them there used to be effigies as well of the of the holy family hung above each front door in a house to surrounded by evergreens potentially idolatrous though these effigies of the holy family so uh, bye bye holy family evergreen stuck around as mistletoe and the the christian kiss delivered by the priest beneath the uh, the holy effigy was uh, well replaced by the mistletoe kiss so uh, there we have that on a larger scale, I suppose, when Christmas returned to England, it wasn't as popular as it, as it used to be, because uh, they'd been advertised. It sold even by Father Christmas on, on the printed propaganda. Father Christmas was used as the figurehead of the rosy English Christmas that Cromwell had banned. But when it came back, it wasn't as rosy as promised. People were getting a bit annoyed, and Christmas wasn't celebrated in, in the same way. Over in America, they, they had Christmas uh, banned as well. Pretty much the Puritan pilgrim fathers went over, and just Christmas never landed, really, in many parts of uh, the United States, uh, as it was then, or the ununited States. I'm kind of hazy on American history if I'm honest. So anyway, Thanksgiving sneaks in over there. Hogmanay sneaks in in Scotland when they've effectively banned Christmas until about the 1960s. And in England, well, Christmas was on the wane, all thanks to Cromwell. If you could pick one person, you could maybe pick several of them, but do you have one person who you think changed Christmas uh, for, well, for the better or for the worse, but, you know, in, into what we have it today? So I don't know whether, you know, should we take the baby Jesus as red? You know, yes. And then since then, in the celebration of Christmas, it's changed a lot and adapted a lot over the years. Can you yes. pick one person who you think... Who um, Dickens. Dickens. For the Christmas traditions that we have now and that still hold over from Victorian times, I think they were cemented a lot by him and just around that whole sort of 1840s-ness. It seems a lot happened 
1843, you got your Christmas carol, your Christmas cards. Uh, I think Oh Come Were You Faithful was that year as well. Yeah, like and, and, and trees really started to take off then as well. The Christmas uh, Christmas crackers, they were sort of, again, in yes. London as well, yep. around that decade, I think, yep. wasn't it? So, and, all, and all in Victorian London, it seems. All in London yes. in the, over those few years. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Still here doing my shopping, so uh, yeah, he was known as the man who invented Christmas, which is indeed a, a great title uh, for a great new film. It's out this week, in fact, and on release day itself, I sat down with our next live guest, who is in it, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Welcome to the Heptagon Club, a bona fide a film star, I would say, a star of small and now big screen in a load of films right now. This is Justin Edwards. Thank you for joining us. A uh, happy release day as well, I think. Is that it right? is right? It is out in cinemas as we speak. I expect people. Are quietly flocking exactly. absolutely yes. well I was I'd like to have said I've, I've seen it but obviously it's only out now and I was yeah. going to see it this afternoon depending on how long we're chatting for basically the man who invented Christmas yes you must have been doing this in uh, spring or something uh, it was like exactly that. this time last year we filmed oh, it in Dublin in uh, the Christmas of whatever like 2016 last mm. year or so yeah, as we speak, which is the yes, 1st December, I would have been there this time last year. Right. Rocking around in my waistcoat and sideburns. I mean, I think the man who invented Christmas is a slightly yeah. slight stretch Revived of time. Yeah. The man who reinvigorated Christmas, yeah. but it's not quite as catchy. Um, but yes, all the stuff with, you know, well, I didn't realise it was such a minor holiday. It was just like mm. one, one day off, it was nothing else, it was a bang holiday. But um, yeah. a lot of people didn't, didn't bother with it at all or didn't give presents or it wasn't a big thing. Yeah. So I think certainly he ushered in the well in, in the film of course he ushers in the, the sort of concepts of generosity and goodwill to all men and there's a tree at the end uh, mm. which is a big decorated tree and there's some discussion that oh you know obviously we've the royal family have got these we'll have them now yes. and, yeah. this may catch on this well, might, there is a bit of that did you know yeah. a tree it's a good idea yes. a tree I like that yeah, yeah. so uh, and obviously because it's a Dickensy film and it's very sort of you know, festive there's a lot of snow urchins uh, and mob caps and yes. sooty faced children and people <laughs> yes. skipping in the street yes. and, you've got to send it to America haven't you yeah no exactly so. yeah. a lot of the extras in it were probably good for toothless old Dickensian <laughs> lended big hats yes. so yeah it's got which you can find in Dublin I believe so, pretty much you know, yeah every yeah. street I mean I don't want yeah. to you know, no, demean the no, of the city I'll do yeah. that for you yeah every street go on and I'm judging by the trailer purely that you seem to be in it playing is it the publisher John Forster who was Dickens literary agent and later his biographer after Dickens Diary published an acclaimed biography, but he was um, yes, he came down to London from Gateshead and was called to the bar and various other things. It was a Geordie, right? Yes. Quite how strong a Geordie actually would have had being yes. a sort of London gentleman who really settled in London quite early in life. I don't know. But for the purpose of the film, he has a slightly broader Geordie accent, just right. to sort of differentiate himself from the, yeah. the gentlemanliness of Dickens. Well, from now on, we'll always think of him as sounding exactly and looking exactly like you. So exactly, that's exactly and sounding like a sort of cut yeah. price Jimmy Nail. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They tried first and they got you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Also, around that time was when printing became more mass popular and cheap. Yeah. So people could read in their, could see in newspapers and in magazines and stuff that this was happening. So I think that it also ties in with the sort of the invention of mass marketing. So okay. they went, we've yes. invented all this stuff for Christmas. Hey, we mm. can get people to buy it. Yeah, and you can advertise, I suppose, yeah. much more. I know they were doing stuff in sort of Cromwell's time as well, but suddenly it's cheaper and you can do yes. it more. In, in that sort of time as well, you've got the emergence of the middle classes and that's yes. a bit of aspiration. Yeah, yeah. Then, and, you know, uh, yeah aspiration, more tree, disposable yeah. income. Yeah. Um, 
a, you know, one up with the Joneses. All that sort of stuff, yeah, <laughs> exactly, sort of stuff. yeah. Okay, so we can blame or, or blame or thank Dickens, we yeah. think, for so many, many things. Ah, Dickens, he gave us so many things, didn't he? One of the first major uses of Merry Christmas as a greeting. He cemented mulled wine into our drinks cabinets. Mainly he just refocused Christmas as, as a family in a, a charity-centred time, perhaps at the cost of the church, you could say. Then again, the church wasn't growing, going great guns at that time to, to make Christmas a, as joyous a day as it now is for, for many of us. So family, charity, there are worse things, I would argue, uh, to be focused on in a wintry festival. Yes, indeed, see Halloween. Uh, but yeah, Christmas 1843, when Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, the same week that Henry Cole published the first Christmas card, just about when Tom Smith was opening his cracker business just up the road. There's a lot of Christmassy stuff going on in Victorian London, 1843. My next historical guest w- would indeed also, I think, deserve a giant nod, and that is Prince Albert. He and Victoria gave us the Germanic Christmas uh, by the bucket load at almost exactly the same sort of time. Uh, so the German Christmas trees, they were going up at the palace and people were catching on, thinking this is a good idea. German craft followed, gingerbread, paper decorations, all stolen from Germany. Sorry, stolen from Germany. It's a sort of biscuity bread thing. So I reckon, in my opinion, there were three wise men at the Victorian Christmas. I mean, there were plenty, really, but let's go for three. It's a good number. So you've got Dickens, you've got Prince Albert, and I'd also say Washington Irving. He's an American author who actually gave us Santa, and he also gave us Dickens, in a way. So, yes, he's the man before the man, but we're going to get to him next time, OK, on our second Christmas episode. Is there anything I've left out? No, it's, uh, I mean, we haven't mentioned Jesus much, but... The trouble with Christmas is there's too many distractions, isn't there? How has it taken this long for our historical guests uh, to include the big guy? Well, the big baby. Sorry, that sounds wrong. The, the baby who was the big guy, you know what I mean? The son of the big guy, whose name is, in fact, in Christmas, Christ's Mass. Jesus' birth was recorded in two of the four Gospels with notable differences, but only a few. And the main crux of the storyline, I think, is that crux is probably the wrong word. That's, I mean, to cross, that's the, that's the end of it, isn't it? But... At the birth, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I think that's that's kind of what you need to know, the angelic visions, uh, setting them on the way, the fulfilment of prophecy. But you've got differences. You've got in in, uh, Matthew's Gospel, it's more male-heavy, so there's more of Joseph's story. He's the hero uh, saving the family from Herod. You've got the wise men. It's more of a chase thriller, really. In Luke's Gospel, his account is more focused on Mary, her angelic vision, and the shepherds. Excuse the cars, I I am still out shopping, that is right. I'm getting some odd looks, but I'm rolling with it. I really don't mind. That's what Christmas is all about. A thousand years after the birth of Christ, there were still two different nativity plays. One with the shepherds, one with the wise men. The Wise Men Nativity play, very popular in France, uh, particularly on Epiphany, 6th of January, 12th night, featured a real star in this particular play, being winched across the church ceiling as priests played the Magi below. Well, not a real star, of course, but an impressive prop, nonetheless, uh, with, with lots of wheels and pulleys and things. So then about a thousand years ago, like I say, the two plays started to merge. You've got the Shepherds play, the Wise Men play, and they, they gave us our current Nativity play that my kids have roles in only next week, in fact. Uh, my daughter this year is playing a stick man. I don't know quite how that features at the Nativity. I suppose it's sticks around the manger or something. There is actually quite a good chance the Christmas play at her school is is Stickman by Julia Donaldson, the second greatest story ever told, no doubt. There are other extra guests that we've added to our nativity plays over the years, though not just Stickman or the the Love Actually octopus, but also familiar characters like the donkey. There's not in the original, there's no donkey in the nativity accounts. At the end of Jesus' life, Palm Sunday, yes, but we've added a donkey as, as a convenient mode of transport for Mary, I think. You think heavily pregnant, going from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem, it's about a week's journey. 
you, you might need a donkey, but it could be a horse, could be a cart, could be walking, but unlikely to be walking, but you never know. I think it's because we have that modern fondness for the song Little Donkey, uh, which is actually way more modern than I even thought. It's, it's actually a late 1950s uh, song, a Geordie folk song. The writer, Eric Boswell, was, was far prouder of his comic songs, like I've Got a Little Whippet. Uh, it's a very sweet little song. It goes, uh, I've Got a Little Whippet. This is in Geordie, of course, you've got to bear in mind. I've Got a Little wi- I can't do the accent. I've Got a Little Whippet. He's never won a race. But you never saw a whippet with a canyon-looking face. She's just a bit short-sighted, and it shows upon the track. But when she gets her contact lenses, man, you'll never hold her back. That's, um, that's my attempt at Georgia. Justin Edwards can clearly do it in, in, in his film. I've got work to be done, I think. Interesting to know that the, the sequel or prequel to Little Donkey uh, was about a whippet, and it mentions contact lenses. Feels a bit more modern, doesn't it? Well, there you go. If Jesus, if he were deposited in our modern-day Christmas today, what do you think he makes of it bemusement i should think for a lot of it because i mean apart from going to church and singing the odd carol there's very little to do with Mm. any religious connotations with christmas yeah anymore yeah i suppose and it seems like the 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 dickensian christmas charity and family at its heart Mm. taking taking sort of good christian morals and ethics and standards and things but they've often they sort of pushed out the nativity a little bit for a lot of people and yes become the new focus but yeah. is that you know if jesus here today goes okay you know people are giving more at christmas or the salvation army are doing their thing mm. food hampers that sort of thing got to be a good thing hasn't it yeah that, post, that's got or... to be a good thing but possibly eat less turkey give more to charity uh, yes yes might, might be his initial thoughts work to be done yes yes, <laughs> yes. i've never been abroad Christmas. I've always had a British Christmas, uh, yes, and I, yes. I would love to go and have a really, really cold and snowy Christmas, you know, in the Austrian Alps or something, mm. where it's just like real picture postcard, snowy Christmasiness. Yes, yes, yeah. This because, and again, I suppose the whole White Christmas thing it was is a well, I know it's got its origins in you know the the snowy uh, Norse kind of yeah. Germanic stuff, but then also it seems since Dickens and Bing Crosby, that's why we think of the snowy Christmas. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, there was a mini ice age, um, uh, in just sort of these few years before Dickens was around and it sort of petered out in his childhood. So he very much thought of snow being associated with the childhood Christmas. So, uh, as you know, and, and I think that got picked up in the likes of a Christmas Carol and the Pickwick papers, and then got pushed into our early Christmas cards and such like. And, yeah, yes. that's where we get snow from. So on Dickens, then, one more word from the man who played the man who represented the man who invented Christmas, and that's Justin Edwards. Now, Justin has a stage character, Jeremy Lyon, a very wrong children's party entertainer. It is a hoot. It honestly is. It's, um, it's a wonderful piece of work. Jeremy Lyon's 12 Days of Christmas, told via the 12 Drinks of Christmas, uh, it is a marvel to behold. And we'll put the link in the podcast info. I think probably many of us, our strong memories of seeing you on stage mm. has been Jeremy Lyon. Which is a very much a Christmas. And it's a, a, Christmas totally, I was going to say, a Christmas, it's a favourite, isn't it? It is. I get asked every year. I do, yeah. uh, this year I'm only doing one at the right. because I'm, I'm tied up with other things. But yeah. the, um, so I'm doing one at the uh, Brasserie ZL next week. Like this sort of well, you want to do one that's good. I just want to know you're doing yeah. one. Exactly. Just keep it handy. Yeah, there was last year, or was the year before, I was doing Henning Venn's Christmas mm. sort of run, and I did sort of ten. And it's just a bit tiring now to do the 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah, it would be all right when I was a younger man, but, it, you know, <laughs> but, older, but older with children. So yeah. But no, so that's always a firm... That's every year, it's sort of, yes, YouTube wraps up another... Yes. ...however many thousand views. Oh, good, it's on YouTube. That's fine. Oh, yeah. That's all we need to know, yeah. Because yeah. I, I've, I've experienced it live, and I haven't uh, delved further into that. But it's on uh, it's, it's on YouTube in many incarnations, in fact, because I, I did it for 
it was four, someone's put that, I did it for oh, ITV yes. once, and I did it for the Rob Brydon show, that sort of, so there's three, you can okay. compare and contrast oh, well, the three different versions of direct people to that from this They don't, they're very small variations. It is yeah, quite brilliant, yeah. yeah, yeah, good on you. Justin, thank you so much indeed. No Cheers. problem, thank, thank you. Christmas Merry Christmas to you, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, Jeremy Lyons, 12 Drinks of Christmas, do seek it out on YouTube. Speaking of bottles, um, inappropriate to do that sort of link, but this is a Bring a Bottle podcast. Each episode, we, we pick one thing you can do to help us out. So last time it was Levered's a nice review on on Amazon or or Goodreads for my new book Heart the Biography of Christmas thank you if you did that very good of you this time you'll you'll bring a bottle of request we ask nothing more than a visit to a website you can visit uh, jamescoopersychristmas.com plenty there for your festive browsing and I'm also blogging about the the history of Christmas on my Yule blog as we're calling it which is kneeldownstandup all one word kneeldownstandup.wordpress.com if you want to find it without that link uh, I do just post it each day on my Facebook page which is facebook.com slash paul.carenza or just search for Paul Carenza and you'll find each day I'm posting a little uh, festive treat from that Yule blog Um, but yes so simple as that visit why Christmas that's w-h-y Christmas all one word dot com and that's our guest James's uh, pretty familiar a pretty definitive Christmas website uh, and or my blog is uh, neildownstandup.wordpress.com or on the Facebook page have a read share it on your social meds if you like it and thank you oh my new Christmas history book is of course still very much available if you fancy ordering it in time for Christmas uh, I'm just not imploring you to buy it this week I'm just gently nudging you towards it I say gently this entire episode is actually based on the book so uh, maybe not that gently best Christmas song <sighs> Carol in the bleak midwinter Excellent. Non-carol jingle bells because everybody thinks it's a cute Christmas song. It's actually a Thanksgiving song about drink driving and picking up women. How How, how is it about drink driving and picking up women? I mean, Thanksgiving song I can understand. You know, if it's a song for Thanksgiving, so be it. But how is it a drink driving song? Okay. Um, just look at the words and the ones that we don't normally sing, basically. Ah, ah the forgotten It's, uh, it's the forgotten verses. verses, yes. If you read yeah. the forgotten verses, about, it's about driving uh, snow carriages in the snow fast, possibly having a few before you did so, and right. finding a rather nice young lady to accompany you on such, ju- such a journey. Shocking. Yes, Shocking. And, and then all the cute little three-year-olds sing it in their nativity scene. I see. I see. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, well it, jingle bells. Any any bells on on sleigh bells and all that were all meant yeah. to be to get get out of the way, isn't it? It's it was a bit. To, yes. It's, fast, it's sort of the, the horn. The, the, yeah. The the pre invention yeah. of the horn. Uh, what about okay? Best Christmas pop song. You know. So over the last few decades. Um, probably it's got to be the classic Slade, just because it, you know oh. it keeps Noddy Holder going. Basically, it, it it, does. So. He's, he's doing well. Yeah. He, he comes out every year like the groundhog yeah. Yeah. and just uh, pokes his head out and does all of that. <laughs> Best Christmas special of anything on TV? Is there a, a best, uh, I don't know, TV um, special? Little TV I, yeah, I think the, the Dad's Army ones okay. still hold up very well. Because I, I think they just... The, the Christmas dinner episode of Dad's Army, um, where they um, a, a, a turkey goes mislaid from a farm, shall we say. Right. And so they, they dish it all up to the old people. And Excellent. I, I, and, you know, it's got... Um, Captain Mannering in his best suit getting gravy poured over all over him and such like, so you know. Best Christmas film? The Muppet Christmas Carol. Good absolutely, you're correct. That is Because correct it's by answer. far the most accurate version that's ever been made. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? That the Muppet's got it right. I love that. Yeah. Um yeah, because then they get the is it Gonzo? I think is the narrator. Yes. He's basically yes. Dickens, isn't he? And he just fills yeah. in the gaps. There, there's an awful. Y- I mean, you, you know, you sort of get these read-alonger 
read-alonger audio books mm. you can get. I mean, you can almost mm. do read-alonger Christmas Carol with the Muppet Christmas Carol because Brilliant. there's actually so much of the original words in it. That's good. You can't, you can't <laughs> knock that, can you? You can't knock that. I'm really, I, 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 I saw the Muppet Christmas Carol before I read the book, obviously, as indeed most of us did. I'm not realised that big... Uh, is it the ghost of Christmas present, the big guy? Yes. And then, of course, you read the book and you see the illustrations and go, oh, yeah, that is the same thing, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And so, um, and he's apparently with Dickens, it's like representing the Saturnalian origin yes. of Christmas. Sort yeah, of Christmas sort of the, the, the hey, let, let's get drunk, everybody, yeah. of Christmas. The man who invented Christmas. It's in cinemas now. See Justin Edwards in that. Thank you to Justin. Thank you to James. We'll have more from Justin on, on a future podcast, I think, as well. And more from James on, on our second Christmas special, which will be out in just a couple of weeks' time. Probably, well, hopefully before Christmas. That would be nice. On that we'll have five more historical festive guests two more live festive guests next time features santa gotham city a child's impression a pooing spaniard and kfc hey you as anybody said to you today, have a great rest of christmas build-up uh, advent i think they call it made the world a better place. more festive goodness on the next one you look positively beautiful in your blue jeans. do share this episode point people towards it Subscribe, rate, spread word of us. Park, the biography of Christmas is available now. Thank you to Rob Halligan for the music as ever. More festive joy in a couple of weeks, and God bless us, everyone.